Welcome to Passion Life Church. Continuing this amazing series that we are calling Simply Grow. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. How many of you know God is a God of growth? Right? It is his will for you to grow. There are tons of scriptures in the Bible that use the words flourish. And that's just not for the women. <laughs> flourish. Subdue. Multiply. Be fruitful. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, be fruitful. There is a lot of scriptures about the word increase. And one of our theme scriptures for this has been Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. It says, but we are meant to hold firmly to the truth. Everybody say truth. To the truth in love and to grow up in every way into Christ the head. You were made to grow. You were wired to grow. But just because you are wired to grow and it is God's will for you to grow does not mean that growth will be automatic. Spiritual growth has to be just as intentional as your physical growth. What do I mean by physical growth? You are intentional about eating. You are intentional every day about making sure you have the right nutrients. You are intentional about making sure that you drink water at some point today. It's an intentional thing. Well, it's the same with your spiritual growth. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. It happens because you're intentional. And I want to tell you why your spiritual growth is more important. Is, is more Actually, it's more important, I think, than your physical uh, growth because you are a spirit. Everybody say that with me. Say, I am a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And then you have your body, which the Bible talks about is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And spiritual growth is important because spiritual growth actually benefits every other area of your life. If you will grow spiritually, it will it will benefit you emotionally. It will benefit how you think. It will then benefit how you act in terms of even reaching your physical body. You know, the Bible says that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, that it will quicken your mortal body. So your spiritual growth has great benefits. And my church family, here is the tragedy for most people. Most people are so focused on their external world and said of focusing on their internal world. And how many of you know your external world can constantly be changing, but if your inner world is not stable and not healthy, you're going to be like a person, like the wind going here and there. But when you are strong in your spirit, in your inner world, it does not matter what is happening on the external world. Can I hear a good amen today? Because the reality of it is, if you are strong in spirit, it can actually change the external world. World that is going on. But most people succumb to what's happening in the world around them because what's happening in them isn't strong enough. But the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so what you have inside of you, the very spirit of God, is stronger than what is on the outside. But we've got to understand. We've got to understand how to use it. We've got to grow into the knowledge of God, growing up spiritually. I think if we're honest, what we'll say is that most of the problems that we've had in our life, they actually come from spiritual immaturity. That's why we've got to grow up spiritually. You know, I was thinking about even my own life. Some of my own greatest frustrations, they actually came in areas that I didn't grow in. You know, have you ever heard people say this? If I only knew then what I know now. Listen, in other words, this is what we're saying. My challenges that I could have dealt with, I would have dealt with the right way if I only had been grown if I only had been mature at that time. See, I believe God wants us to live in such wisdom and such maturity that we're not looking back in our life and we just keep saying this, man, if I just only knew then what I'd know now. How many of you know you can know now for now? And you can know now for the future that God has for you, right? But we've got to grow up. Everybody say, grow up. Come on, say it loud, grow up. But here's the thing. If we're going to grow up, you're going to have to actively fight against the stagnant life. You're going to have fight against it. Why? Because being stagnant, being comfortable can be our default. Most people aren't planning to grow. Most people are planning to try to be more comfortable. 
I hear it all the time, especially when I talk with people who haven't retired yet. It's their goal to retire. Why don't we say it's my goal to grow? And one day I may leave my job, but I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And I'm going to grow and, and fulfill my, my potential that God has for me. So they have this idea, this, well, I'm just going to go so I can retire, so I can stop working. No, you should want to grow and retire. So when you retire, you can start living the dream that God has for your life. Come on, and nobody can stop you. I hear a good amen today, but you're going to have to fight against being stagnant because it can become habitual. And you may not realize it, but when you start to become stagnant, you know what happens if you have it long enough, it starts to become a part of your life. Listen, my church family, the same actions bring about the same results. So if you want more, if you want to be more, you're going to have to change. Everybody say change. And here's, here's what happens when you have a stagnant life is that you really start to lose hope. You can actually even give up on your dreams and quit on your future. Why? Just for a stagnant life. But that is not God's will for your life. He wants you to grow. And as a pastor, I want to tell you something. As a pastor, here's my goal. My goal is that you walk in everything that you that God has for your life in every area, relationally, come on, spiritually, And I'm going to tell you something. It encourages me when you are here on Sundays, especially in the Grow series, because that tells me you want to grow. Oh, there's nothing like preaching to people who don't want to grow. Oh, but when there's, a, when there's a congregation of people that say, come on, I want what God wants for me. I want to grow. Oh, then you know what? I could preach a good sermon. How many of you know that you know, do you know that you determine a lot how I preach, how you receive, right? If you will open up your heart today and say, Lord, whatever you have for me, it will pull on things that are on inside of me that aren't even in my notes. Come on, somebody. It can shift this whole thing if you're hungry enough. Why? Because the Bible says those that are hungry, right, and thirst for righteousness, what happens? They will be filled. And so today, in part two, I've entitled today, Healthy Things grow. Did you find Mark chapter four, verse 14? It says this, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. Those who they hear the word and immediately receive it with gladness. Come on, somebody say gladness. And they have no root in themselves, though. And so they endure for a time. Afterwards, then tribulation and persecution comes and arises for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones that are sown among thorns. They are the ones that hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Let's break down this parable today. You know, I don't know if you've noticed in our community, but there's a lot of building going on, right? Uh, Some people aren't excited about the building because, well, the traffic. I'm excited about the building that's happening because that means new people are coming here. There's new opportunity to reach people for the kingdom of God. And I'm starting to realize after 10 years why God has called us here. Because when we got here, it was like, yeah, Marietta's cool. But now, guess what? People are really finding out that Marietta's cool. Come on, somebody. And and, uh, I'm just going to be honest. I just got to give a shout out to Menifee. I love Menifee because that's where we live. But we're coming. Come on, all those Menifee people. Where are you at? Right? And then I, I, love, I love all of you that live in Wild Omar, Wild Omar. I, I love you too, right? Wild Omar. We, 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 I, you, I, we used to live there too, so no shame in that game. And Temecula, and it's growing. And it's growing. And you see these houses that are building. But you know what? Before they build anything on the house, house before they build any houses, they have to do what they call a soil sample. And so they have to go in and they have to test the soil to see if the soil can be built on. And that's what this message is going to be today. Today, we are going to see some soil samples because the reality of it is, is the condition of the soil will determine if growth is possible or not. You think about your dream home. Now they call it my forever home. Forever. Listen, my forever home's going to be in heaven. It's not going to be in Marietta. I love Marietta, but my home's going to be up there. Anybody? So that's my forever home. Um, so I don't know how long you want to live here, but I, you know, 
when the Antichrist comes, I'm out, man. I want to be out. I don't want to be like, this is my forever home. No, I'm out. But when you think about your forever home and your home, whatever that looks like to you, what the walls and the color of the walls and, you know, and the cabinets and, you know, for those of you that are about to have kids and, you know, you already have a vision of what your kid and your child's room is going to look like and the beauty of all of that, right? Can we dream a little bit? Come on, somebody. Can we dream a little bit? We all all do. But when I was thinking about this message, it's awesome. I love vision and I love dreaming. But the truth is, is that you cannot build anything on soil that is not healthy. So the dreams that we have of construction and building our house, if the sample of the soil comes back that it's not healthy, you cannot build on that soil. And so there goes the dream house. So the soil will determine the condition and the capacity of what can be built. My church family, there are some of you that God wants to grow your capacity. Some of you have limited capacity. And it's not because that's what God gave you. It's just because you haven't grown your capacity. You know, the Bible says in the, in, in when, he's, when he wrote the parable of the, the, the talents, he said he gave each talent according to their ability. So some people go, well, I'm a one-talent person. I know, but the question becomes, can you grow your ability? You can grow your ability because when you look at the, the parable of the talents, the one who had, uh, right, who had five ended up with six. So what did he do? He grew. And where, who, who's the one that got the extra that the one guy who buried his, what, right, where did it go? It went to the one who was growing. So God wants to grow your capacity, right? But it has to be healthy soil. It's been said that healthy soil creates a healthy ecosystem. So the condition of the soil will determine the level and the capacity of the growth along with, how many of you know you have to have outside elements? You can't just turn the, the, the soil and you can't just plant seed in soil. You need the sun. You need water, right? But I like to say it this way, not the sun, S-U-N. I like to say the sun, S-O-N, right? And so, see, a lot of us have been trying to change ourselves on our own. You can't do that. You need an outside force like the S-O-N to come into your life and shine on you to help you grow by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So growth is just not, I've realized that. I couldn't change myself. I was very frustrated. I needed an outside force, which I didn't know at the time was God, to act on my life to help me to grow where God wanted me to grow. And thank God I'm growing. Come on, say I'm growing. And so today we're going to take a soil sample because the reality of it is there are people that are not growing. And I get this question and talk about growth and miracles and different things like that with people. And the question is always, well, Pastor Phil, how come this person? How come that person? Well, let's do a soil sample today of the different hearts because that's what this whole parable is about. Jesus is actually the farmer and he's sowing the word. So today this word is like a seed and it's coming into your life. And this is what he's saying. And so he gives four types of soils that we can look at. And these four types of soils represents conditions of our hearts. So here's the first type of ground or the first type of soil. Number one, it's the wayside soil. It's the hard heart, right? Verse 15 says this, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown. Watch this. So wayside soil represents a highway. When you look at these words in the original language, it represents a road. It represents a highway, right? A highway is meant to be driven on. A highway is meant to be walked on. So this soil, it's not even really soil. It's actually now a road that has become so hard. And so this soil, the wayside soil, represents somebody who in their heart, their heart has become hard. Now their heart has become hard because maybe they would even use these words. You know, Pastor Phil, I just feel like people are walking all over me, right? They have now become a victim. But many times it's because they've been hurt. And because when they didn't deal with the hurt, and this can even happen in your marriage, this can happen uh, anytime at work, but they have a hurt and they don't deal with it. And so when they don't deal with it, the way the Bible says to deal with it, through forgiveness, right? So they get offended, then they don't forgive, and then it turns to bitterness. And I want to tell you today, what happens is, listen, 
Bitterness doesn't restrict the person that hurts you from growing. It restricts you from growing. I want to say that again. Bitterness doesn't restrict the person, right, that hurts you. Why? They may not even know what they did. Now, for some of you, you may say, well, no, they do what they did. They, it was intentional. Can I just tell you something? I, I love what Jesus said. It helps me so much on the cross. He said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And even if it was intentional, listen, they didn't understand the full ramification of what was going to happen, not only to you, but even possibly to them. But sometimes people don't know that they have offended you. And so the bitterness doesn't restrict their growth. It restricts your lack of growth. So when, when you're bitter against someone, guess what? It's not holding them back. It's holding you back. Can I hear a good amen today? And here's the thing about this seed. Psalms 107:20. the Bible says he sent his word, this seed, and it healed them. So the word is coming to you, even if today you are hard-hearted. Man, things have happened, and you're mad. You're mad at God because of what somebody else did. Here's what I had to do, my church family. I've had to separate what people did to me and looked to God separately of what people did. Because we think sometimes that because somebody did it to, to you, that it was God doing it to you. No, my friends, it was people. I hear a good amen today, but if you will let this word sink into your heart, it will heal your heart. There's healing in this seed of the word of God. We believe in healing in this church. Man, I honestly, I don't want to see anyone sick. I don't want anyone with an allergy in this place. I want everybody healed and whole. Can I hear a good amen today? And we're going to preach it. We're going to preach it even though we're praying for people. You know, you could come right after the service and Anita and Olivia, powerful women of God, will pray for you. And we believe that. You know, I had a person this week come up and tell me, but listen to this, because sometimes we just, again, we exalt these diagnoses over the name above every name, above Jesus. Uh, this person has a ton of allergies to the point that if they ate the wrong thing, I mean, literally for weeks they could be in bed. And this person comes to this church, and we talk about healing all the time because we believe it. Healing is the children's bread. It's for you. By Jesus' stripes, you are not healed. You were healed. It's already happened. And she came up to me and she said, you know what, Phil? The other night, accidentally, I took a piece of my husband's pizza. I said, yeah, what happened? Because I don't like when my wife takes a piece of my pizza. Come on, ladies. I don't want to have anything. I'm good. And then you order, and then she goes, and you go, hey! right? But then you say, okay. She said, I accidentally took some of my husband's pizza. Now she's gluten-free, all of those things, right? I think celiac, all of these things. She said, I ate a whole piece of it. She said, do you know that not, nothing happened to me? In Jesus' name. And that's how it starts. That's how it started with my son. He's got an egg allergy. He's got all this allergy. Somebody actually gave him ice cream with egg in it. And guess what happened? Nothing in Jesus' name. And he's still alive. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen today? Because we believe in the power. And that's how it starts. Because this seed, if it gets in you, it has the power. That's why the enemy tries to come immediately. The Bible says that a hard heart, that he comes immediately to take this word. It's so sad to me that the enemy knows the power of this word more than some Christians do. Because if this thing will get inside you, it will totally change your life. It'll cause you to flourish. It'll cause you to increase. It'll cause you to grow. So that seed is sown, but it doesn't penetrate. So what happens? The enemy comes to steal the word of the God, word of God. The enemy knows that if this thing gets in your heart, it'll totally free your life. So he comes to snatch it. He comes to, to do anything he can to separate you from this word. Isn't it amazing that as soon as you pick up your Bible, guess what happens? Thoughts start to happen, right? Why? Because this word is so powerful. You know, I think that there's three things that can happen in our life when relational wounds aren't dealt with. Number one, it keeps us from our potential. It'll keep you from going where you need to go. Every attack of the enemy is an attempt to derail you from your purpose. You know, another thing that happens is it'll pollute you. It'll pollute our other relationships. You know, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says this, a bitter spirit is not only bad for itself, but it is also poison in the life of many others. Not just others, many others. Someone said bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die from it. 
So not only are you polluted, that's why the Bible calls it a root of bitterness. Something starts out small. It starts affecting every area of your life. It'll affect your marriage. It'll affect your kids. It'll affect your work. And here's number three. It can destroy your relationship with God. See, your spirit and your heart, which sometimes the Bible uses them equally, is the place where you hear from the Lord. The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, that this is where he speaks. And so when you're bitter and the seed can't penetrate, it'll hurt your relationship with God. Are you glad you came to church today? Here's the second type of soil. Come on, we're doing some soil sampling today. And so the one is stony ground, right? And these aren't the people that smoke marijuana. Come on, somebody. This is stony ground. Some of you didn't get that. That's all right. These are the shallow people. Their heart has no depth. They're led by their feelings. They're temperamental. Anybody know any temper? Don't look at the person next to you. How many of you know some temperamental people, right? Watch verse 16. It says, then likewise are the ones that are sown on stony ground. They hear the word immediately and they receive it with gladness. I'm going to tell you, this preacher loves to preach and have people receive it with gladness. We'll try again. This preacher loves to preach and to preach to people who receive it with gladness. It's hard to, pe- it's hard to preach to people that are like this. What are you going to tell me that I don't know? I, listen, my words ain't going to do jack, but his words will change your life. Right? So I'll tell you what, in this series called Grow, we're not only going to talk about you because you're part of this church, but I'll tell you what, any speaker that stands in this pulpit, which is a guest speaker or one of our own up here, when they are up here sharing, I'll tell you what, you'll receive if you have a heart of gladness. If you will say, come on, yes, amen, you'll receive it with a heart of gladness. That's important. So this person, they receive it with gladness, but listen to this key. They don't have any root in themselves. So they only endure for a time. So they are like, yes, Pastor Phil, preach it. Amen, amen, I love it. Oh, man, that was good. Preach it, you Puerto Rican. They receive it with glad. They celebrate it, right? Woo-hoo. But the Bible says it never gets in them. Look, it says they have no root in themselves. So the root is in maybe someone else. The root is in something else. They love the environment. Oh, I love the lights. It was so beautiful. You know, when I was in there, I was just like closing my eyes and you know, I was just seeing like clouds and I, I saw like angels like floating on clouds and then I saw like Jesus's face and, and it was just really awesome. But guess what? As soon as they leave that environment, the Bible says... Look what happens. Persecution arises. Now, why does persecution arise? Verse 17, it says persecution arises, what? For the word's sake. Oh, Pastor Phil, there's a lot of pressure in my life. Do you know what? That's what persecution means. It means pressing, pressing together, pressure, right? And so why is this all coming? It's coming because this word is so valuable. It comes for the word's sake. But listen, the same pressure that comes against you for the word's sake, the word will actually give you the strength to stand during pressure. But these are the people that when pressure comes, they relate truth based on how they feel. Instead of dictating, allowing the truth to dictate how they feel, their feelings decide what truth they will live out. I want to say that again, because these are the type of people when they hear truth, right? They're, they relate truth based on how they feel about it instead of allowing truth to dictate how you feel. But let me just tell you this. Listen, if you, and think you, I want you to think if you'll agree with this. Pressure doesn't care how you feel. Stress doesn't care how you feel. Cancer doesn't care how you feel. People, sad to say, don't care how you feel at times. 
So if you're going to allow this and never let the root get in you, the Bible says it doesn't get in in themselves. And see, this is what can happen too. You know, Pastor Phil, you know, my grandmother, she's a praying woman. My mama's a praying woman. You know, she went to church and she's amazing. I know, but do you have a root in you? I understand your grandma. I understand. Listen, your mom was great. But is there a root in you? Has this sunk in you? Because you can't live off of other people's faith. Man, the enemy's coming again. I know you got to have this seed, this word, so you can see. Not have him. Hold on, devil. I got to call my mama. Hold on, devil. I got to call my grandmama. Bring, bring. Oh, forgot. Grandma don't have a cell phone. Is it in you? Can I hear a good amen today? Because pressure don't care. Sickness don't care. You hear people say, you know, I, I just wasn't feeling it today. It was a little, you know, just a little, just a tad bit weighed down today. Always by their feelings. Do you know Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers who ever lived, said this, the religion that is born out of mere excitement will die when the excitement's over. Let me say that again. The religion that is born out of mere excitement will die when the excitement's over. And I'm going to tell you, we named this church Passion Life Church because we love excitement. Come on, we love emotion. We love gladness. We love powerful worship. We love powerful preaching. But my church family, that is, listen, that is a foundation in the word of God. It's just not just emotion. Can I hear a good amen today? And so this truth will teach you how to handle pressure. It will teach you how to stand in the most difficult time. Listen, and when pressure comes, if this word takes root in your heart, you won't just survive during pressure. You will thrive in Jesus' name. Can you see why the enemy comes and he tries to rob you, distract you? We're just doing soil samples today. And then there's the third type of sample. It's a thorny type of soil. It represents a distracted heart. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for those, those things enter, watch this, and choke the word so it becomes unfruitful. So you have like a road. You have a highway right? That is the wayside, right? Then you have the stony. It's like the stones that are almost by the road and the, the seed gets in a little bit because they were excited. They were in the moment. Pressure comes, right? And so they stumble because it never got in them. This is a person who has this seed in their heart growing, but they also have other things growing in there as well. You can have a beautiful yard, and still have weeds trying to grow up. And if you don't deal with the weeds, you will no longer have a beautiful lawn. Can I hear a good amen today? So they have the word and it's growing, but they have other things that are growing in their heart, in the soil of their lives because the word is not the focus. So they have worries and cares. If you ever really study the word of God, cares in the Original language always translates to anxiety, right? So this word cares, anxiety that disrupts the mind, the personality, worries, distractions of this age, right? So in the Bible, cares are represented by thorns, right? Because here he says the cares, it's thorny. Listen, it wasn't a coincidence that Jesus wore a crown of thorns where he wore it on his head, because cares are right here. Worry is coming at your mind. So what Jesus did, the first place that he bled was in the Garden of Gethsemane. But the first place that he bled physically was from his head. And then they would put a crown of thorns on his head. Why? So you and I could cast our cares on him because he knew what it would like be like to actually have worry and care. He bore that for you so you don't have to have it in your life. He understands. He knows. 
That's why 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, casting all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. I love this word in the Greek, casting, because it's actually literally like a person taking a stone and just throwing it and skipping it on water. Have you ever done that as a kid? You get a, a stone and you just try to skip it. That's what literally is supposed to happen. And I know this is funny, but it's true. I was thinking about this. Every time the enemy comes at you, throws something at you, you get it, you throw it back. I want, it, I want that to stay in your mind because that's what, it, as soon as it comes, the Bible says you need to cast your care on him. And here's the thing. He throws it at you. No, you say, no, I cast this care on you. Now, some of you do this greatly, but here's the problem with some of you. You throw it like this. And then when you walk out of here, you take it back. You take back your care. Can I just encourage you today? Don't take it back. Leave it on the one who cares for you, and he can handle it better than you can handle it. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? Not some of your cares, casting all of your cares on him because he cares for you. And then he says, so what happens is, is you have the word growing, but then you also have the deceitfulness of riches. This means the deception, greed, seditions. Now, I want to tell you something when we talk about greed and we talk about money, because it's very, very powerful. When the Bible said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is money. People always misquote this scripture. They say, money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. You need money to be able to pay for things. You need to have money. But the problem is when money has you. Can I hear a good amen today? So the Bible says, listen, think about this. You cannot serve God and mammon. He didn't say out of all the things that Jesus said, because he was very strategic. He didn't say you can't serve God in football. He didn't say you can't serve, come on, you can't serve God in coffee. You can't serve God in drug addiction. You can't serve God in, you know, Jimmy Bean. He didn't say any of that. You know what he said? He said you can't serve God in money because money is the one thing that people like to rely on and put their trust in other than God. And it's the deceitfulness of riches because when you put your money in that, it doesn't, when you put your love and trust in that, it doesn't work. You know, I was thinking about the other day how, you know, there's been fires here and fires there. I'm so grateful, you know, for my house and I believe it's a miracle house, but you know, tomorrow it could be gone. Things can be gone, but here's the good thing. I'm built on a good foundation and it's not the money. Listen, it's not about the money. It's about, I have Jehovah Jireh, who is my provider, that if this house burns, he'll give me another one. I said, he'll give me another one. And so people are holding on to money, right? They, they just like, man, but the Bible says this, uh, this is strong language. And he only uses it here. He says, you will either love one and you will hate the other. We're just doing some soil sample today. At the end of the day, if your default is what you have in your bank account, you are deceived. And you've got other things growing on in your heart. And here's what this seed wants to do. He wants you to start trusting and relying on God that no matter what happens, you lose your job, things are happening. Listen, you have a God who is your source, nothing else. And I'm going to tell you, my church family, the Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Peter when he was fishing, caught nothing. Jesus got in his boat and he went from empty to overflow and all of his boat was starting to sink. All of his nets were net breaking. That is the power of overflow and growth that God can bring into your life. But if you're so focused on the fish, you're going to lose out. You're so focused on money. Focus on Jesus. Let him grow your life. Let him provide for you. Can I hear a good amen today? He says the desires of things. Listen, let me just go back to that just real quick. I want to tell you, I'm not opposed to people having money. I hope you do. I hope God blesses you. But listen, here's how you know if it has you or you, or, or you have it. You're able to be generous and give it away. You're able to say, no, God, here, whatever. You are my source. 
or you hold on to it. Man, it can wreck your life. Desires of things, lust, irregular, inordinate desires is the translation. Life without restraint. Philippians chapter 2, verse 23 tells us that God can change our desires. Not in your own strength, for it is God. Everybody say, it is God. It is God who is all the while effectively at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire. Everybody say, desire. Both to will and to work his great pleasure. God can change your desire. But the Bible says this, that these other things, right? Cares, deceitfulness of riches. It'll choke the word of God. That word choke literally means to suffocate. These things suffocate this seed out. Now, does that mean that this seed is not powerful? No, it just means your focus is not on it. You have started to trust other things. So this word, unfruitful, you become unfruitful. It means unfruitful. Listen to these words, barren, not yielding what it ought to yield. So you can have your worry or you can have what God says you can have. But some people would rather worry. So you can have money or you can have walk in blessing, which the Bible says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, but it adds no sorrow to it. Praise God. And then the last one is the good ground. It's the healthy heart. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, they accept it. Come on, somebody say, I accept it. And they bear fruit. Now look at this. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Now here's the thing we have to understand about good ground. Good ground isn't found. It's made. What? It's intentional. Health must be intentional. Listen, growth must be intentional. I said all of that today to get to right here. My church family, these odds are not good. Out of 100 people hear this message, 25% of those 100 will grow. Those are not good odds. Well, Pastor Phil, if this thing was so powerful, it would have 100%. It does in a person's heart who has good soil. But God just doesn't come in your life like a bulldozer and just say, I'm coming in. The Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks. And if you open, he will come in. And the Bible says he will be intimate and sup with you. So it's not this word. It's the soil of our hearts. One hundred people, 25 percent will be good ground. Why are you talking about this? Because I want our church to be good ground. I want everyone in our church to be good ground. And why are you saying this, Pastor Phil? Because in the Grow series, here's what I do every time. No matter how I feel, if I'm a little grumpy in the morning, what's going on, I feel a little tired. When I cross the threshold of that door, here's what I say. My heart is going to be good ground today. I am here to receive. I am here to grow. I'm not just here to pass the time and say, hey, what are you going to have for lunch? No, you know what? I'm going to be here. I'm going to grow, and I want to be what God has me to be so hard. You need to get in line, right? If I'm upset at anybody, Lord, forgive them. They did not know what they did, but you know what? I am here and I'm going to have good ground. I'm going to get what God has for me. Are you ready? Every heart had the same seed. The seed was the same. The seed had potential for every single heart, but one heart got it. But you know what so blessed me? When I was reading this, I've read this tons of times. The Lord spoke to me and he said this, Phil, but notice, I did plant seed in hard-hearted people. Our God is so gracious that even if you're here today and you're hard-hearted, the seed keeps coming. It keeps coming, and it'll keep coming. When? Until your heart will finally open up. I've seen the hardest people after a while, when this seed breaks open into their heart, their lives totally change. And I'm so grateful that God doesn't go, oh, your heart is hard? You don't get no seed. Does he do that? No. 
He keeps the sower sowing the word, sowing the word. And that really encourages me because sometimes I feel like that. Oh, we're just starting this growth series because you're going to hear how I feel sometimes. I always get to hear how you feel. You're going to hear how I feel. You know how hard it is to preach to hard-hearted people? But you know why I keep doing it? I keep doing it like that lady today who said, you know what? I ate what my husband ate and nothing happened. You know what? The word is working. And it may not work when you think because, oh, you're hard-hearted. But it keeps coming. It keeps coming. And, oh, if you'll just start to open the entrance of his word brings light. Come on, somebody. Can you hear a good amen today? And you got cares and all oh, the deceitfulness of riches. But guess what? God doesn't withhold his seed. He keeps giving. He keeps giving. And one day it's going to take hold. I talked to a person in our youth ministry. I was a youth pastor for almost 20 years of my life. And I talked to this girl that uh, <laughs> I would say she was hard-hearted. She came to youth. Her parents made her. She was too cool for school. She sat in the back. You know, talked to her this week. Her and her husband are pastors. What? I even told her, I said, what? She said, yeah. And she said, I, I, I just want to thank you for preaching the word. If I looked at her, and it was a hard heart. But thank God that God doesn't, he doesn't retract his seed. He gives it, and the seed is the same, and it's going to keep coming to your life until the day you die. Why? Because God wants you to grow. He wants you to grow into the person that he wants you to be. And I thought, thank God. There's a scripture, excuse me, I think it's in Ezekiel, but God said when you preach, don't look at their faces. <laughs> because sometimes it's hard. I have to have faith when some of you are like, I'm serious. And I know some of you are digesting. I know that some of you never been in a church like this, but I'm telling you this. I came here to grow. I came here to see the word of God grow in your life. So people look at you and go, what has happened to you? And you said, God totally changed my life. Come on. Can I hear a good amen today? The seed was the same. Are you ready? Every heart can produce fruit. Every heart can grow. The Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 8, this is my father, that he is glorified when you bear what? Much fruit. The seed is coming to you. How's your heart? How's your heart? All right, are you ready? I'm going to close up here. This is tough, but it's the word, and you came to grow. Can I hear a good amen today? Your spiritual development is really based on your ability to digest truth. To the level, the Bible, people say, the truth sets you free. No, the Bible says, the truth you know sets you free. Knowing the truth sets you free. The level of truth that you know is the level of freedom that you will walk in. I have trusted Jesus as the truth. Nobody has ever made the claim to be truth. People have said, I've said truth, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When someone can die and say before their death that I will raise again, and their father raise them from the dead and walk around and people can see them, my friends, that is truth. I have trusted him as truth, but your spiritual development is based on your ability to digest truth, right? So your condition of your heart is going to determine the level of your growth. Now, I'm going to ask this question because I asked it last week. What does it cost you not to grow? Okay? Same chapter. Mark chapter 4, verse 25. And he said to them, watch, be careful what you are hearing the measure, everybody say the measure. The measure of thought and study that you give, okay? The measure that you give to the truth that you hear, the Amplified Classic says this, will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. That's just what I said. The truth that you know, if you keep studying the measure, you will walk in that measure of, of freedom. But look what he says this, and this is what God always does. And besides, it will be given... He, uh, and more besides will be given to you who hear. 
So he says, the measure that you study, the measure that you allow truth will be the measure that you experience freedom, but God always does more. But watch. Here's why the health of your heart is so important. Verse 25, same chapter. Verse 25, for to him who has, what is he talking about? Has what? Has a healthy heart. Watch. To him who has, more will be given. Why? Because his heart is producing 30, 60, 100 fold. He's growing. For to him who has, watch this, more will be given. But and from him who has nothing, listen to this, these are hard. Even what he has will be taken away by force. So the person who has the word, growth is happening. More is given. You know, if you go from zero to 30, how many of you know that's growth? How many of you know if you grow from 30 to 60, that's more growth? Man, and there's some people in here, as I'm reading this, you're like, I don't want 30. I want 60. I know some of you, you're like, I want 100-fold. How many of you want 100-fold? But guess what? It depends on the measure. So watch. In the context of this parable, the person that had nothing, let's say it this way, the person who has not grown What he has can eventually even be taken away from him. So by not growing, it is possible even to lose what you have. You can slice this and dice this in a lot of ways, my church family. You show up, there's a potential for promotion at your job. There's a potential for you to go up to the next level, right? But because you're of your immaturity, right? Because you act out in ways that are not appropriate, because you have not grown, you're immature. Not only do you miss the opportunity of promotion, but you actually can lose your job. So you lose what you had because you didn't grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Let me ask you this. How many people have lost their health due to bitterness? You're not growing and getting healthy. What is the cost of it? The cost is not only, oh, I'm that. No, it begins to get into your health, your physical health. They've done studies that people are bitter are more prone to cancer. So guess what? Guess what happens? Now, not only have you not grown, so you miss out on a healthy life. Now you're starting to lose the life that you have. Oh, I'm going to go a little bit deeper because we're going to talk a little bit about marriage as we end. How many people have not grown up, right? And because they didn't grow, they didn't experience that, that beautiful idea of what marriage should be. Prince Charming and Cinderella. Sleeping Beauty, right? Not only do you not experience that, because of immaturity and non-growth, now you have challenges in your marriage, and there are people today that are not even in the marriage that they started out with. Why? Because they lost what they had. And you can slice it and dice it any way you want, but you know what it comes back to? It comes back to a lack of growth, immaturity, an unwilling to grow. So the misconception about growth is that the more that I hold on, Phil, the more that I have for me. No, listen, you have to let go to grow. Let me say that again. You have to let go to grow. Why? Because healthy things grow. Let me say it this way. How many people in relationships, how many, how many arguments have you won with people or your spouse because you didn't let go of your pride? Yeah, you lost and your wife is leaving. Oh, but you got your pride. You know why? Because you wouldn't let go to grow. Pride ruins so many things, but people won't let go. They hold on, but you're going to have to let go to grow. If you're going to go from zero to 30% growth, and then 60 to 100, guess what? If these things are flourishing, things are, are growing. They're going. Well, Pastor Phil, you know, just under, you know, just got to understand, like, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is the things that I hear. You know, me and my wife are having problems because, you know, it's just, it's just my personality. I'm just not a good communicator. I love this because they say it's their personality. Who's your personality? Sam? Some guy named Sam? I, who's your personality? You are your person. <laughs> 
It's just, you know, it's just my personality. Guess what, buddy? If you don't let go of the feelings that you have and you start to communicate, not only will you not have a great marriage, but you will lose what you have. It's time to grow up and it's time to let go so you can grow. I will close with this since you are so enthusiastic. I hear it all the time. Well, it's my personality. I know, but your personality and your pride is causing you to lose your spouse. So it's time that you let go of all of that and get in the game and mature and have the marriage that God wants you to be and have. Watch this, Proverbs eleven twenty five. If you'll let go, you'll grow. There is one who scatters yet increases. The person who is letting go is increasing. Watch, all the more. Yet the one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it will result in poverty. See, the misconception is that when I hold on, I have more for me. The Bible says you keep holding on, you will actually become a person of want. You know, I'm just shy, Phil, and so I don't really like give my, you know, my friendship away. You'll always want for friends. But until you let go, you'll grow. And you say, you know what? Like the Bible says, I have to show myself friendly, and then I will have friends. So you have to let go. You know, Pastor Phil, I'm just kind of insecure. I, I understand you're insecure. We're all insecure. You walk in the room, I don't want all these people looking at me. Nobody's looking at you. We're all looking at ourselves because we're all insecure. Amen. But you know what? If you're going to have relationships, you have to go. You're going to have to get outside, to, you know, personality. My church family, Jesus, God raised Jesus from the dead, but he can't change your personality? Man, you must be strong. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. There's not much of me left. My personality went with God. God, you use me however you want to use me. If I need to speak what you want me to speak, I will speak despite how I feel because truth sets people free regardless of how I feel about myself. I want to see people growing. I can't just sit here and withhold. Proverbs eleven twenty four verse 5. There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase. But those who withhold more than is fitting or unjustly, it only regards and results in want. So if you are withholding in any area of your life, well, Pastor Phil, you know, we just don't give. We, you know, okay, that's fine. But your withholding always will lead to wanting, but your generosity always will lead to increasing. Increasing. You got to let go. Hold on to the pain. See what happens. Keep holding on to your pain. Keep seeing what happens in your life by holding on to the pain, holding on to the bitterness. No, but if you'll say, God, here's my pain. Here's the bitterness. Here's the hurt. If you let go, you'll get healthy and you'll grow. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.